Hi everyone, and welcome to this series of additional recordings intended to provide you with information on some other legal issues you may encounter while doing disaster recovery work. So today I am joined by Mary Lovelock, Senior Solicitor from the Elder Abuse Service in the Central Coast. Hi Mary. Hi Jess. So, what is elder abuse? Let's start there. I like to just use a big, broad definition, Jess, which is an act or omission um, that causes harm or distress to an older person um, within a relationship of trust. And it's within the relationship of trust that makes elder abuse different from, say, an older person being um, harassed by someone knocking at the door wanting to sell them a dodgy roof product or something like that. So elder abuse is predominantly perpetrated by family members, um, probably about 80% of the clients we see um, are subjected to elder abuse arising from their relationships with their adult children or other extended family members. Why are we talking about elder abuse in context of a disaster recovery centre training package? I was thinking about this this morning, Jess, and one of the things that came to mind was that there's certain risk factors or red flags for elder abuse, and one of them is a change in circumstances. And I probably couldn't think of a more like obvious example of a change in circumstances than, than when a disaster strikes. So that might involve the older person having to move house, and it might mean substantial changes to finances. Um, and even though it might not be directly in front of you, it should be recognised that it's a real risk factor. And we'll talk a little bit more about the things that you can do that might help you identify if it's a real risk factor for the client that you're seeing. It's probably worthwhile thinking about what community I'm going to. What are the demographics of that community? I mean, usually regional communities have a higher percentage of older people who go there to retire. And so you're going to, you might well be dealing with issues that you don't normally deal with if you're a city-based lawyer. So it might be worthwhile thinking about the different things that affect different age groups. And what are some of the legal problems that older people might be experiencing more so than other demographics? So I talked a little bit before about risk factors um, for elder abuse, and one of them is a change in circumstances. And, you know, I said, you know, a disaster is a big, can bring about a big change in an older person's circumstances. They might have to move accommodation. And so some of the things you might be thinking about are, is that older person going to have to move to a suitable accommodation if they've got mobility issues? Is the new accommodation going to be suitable for them? If they're moving, if they have to move out of the area, are they going to still be connected to the services that are really important um, to that older person? The other things that you might be thinking about are, if the older person has to move out of their home where they've been living independently and moving in with family, how is that relationship with the family? All of a sudden they might go from living independently to living in a multi-generational household. And, you know, that can be great, you know, but it can also be really bad for the older person if they're moving in with family members that might have unresolved mental health issues or drug and alcohol issues. So there are things in the back of your mind you might be asking the older person if they're moving in with family. You might ask them a nice big open question like, 
how do you get along with the rest of your family? Tell me a little bit about the relationships that you have with your family. Um, are they supportive? The other really big flag is around finances. So we know that Legal Aid's done an enormous amount of work with uh, insurance to improve responses so that older, so that people generally aren't left without money. But the thing around elder abuse is who controls that money? So some of the flags you might be seeing is imagine you're sitting in the disaster recovery centre and an older person comes in with a younger family member um, and the younger family member speaks for that older person um, and talks about the older person's finances like they're their finances. So mum pays for that or nan pays for that or nan takes care of the rent. You know, oh, it's my car. Oh, it's in nan's name, but it's my car. So, you know, you're hearing these things and I just want would like you to think about them as like little red flags you can note. Um, what's going on here? So we've got an older person who is not perhaps speaking up for themselves. You've got a younger person that's taking control of the interview. So one of the things you might want to do in that situation is thinking about orchestrating uh, speaking to the older person alone, um, reaching out to them and saying, look, it seems like you've got a, you know, a, perhaps a good relationship with your you know, grandson or your granddaughter or your son or your daughter, but I just wanted to check in with you to make sure everything's okay. How are things for you? On that point, you might also want to acknowledge that Trauma plays out differently for different people. And in an older person, it could result in them being a little bit more confused than what they normally are. So it might be about asking them, how are you feeling today? Look, if you're not feeling well today, I can touch base with you tomorrow. Seeing if there's maybe there's another support person that they can bring in on the next day to sort of perhaps talk through the same issues. I guess I'm just asking you to throw a bit of another rescue line to older people who turn up in disaster relief centres because they often might be carrying weights that you can't see, but that with a bit of support, you might be able to reach out to them and make a connection. So that's great. Thank you, Mary. If somebody does feel like they need some extra support or some extra information about how they could help an older person that might be experiencing elder abuse. Is there somewhere that they can call or get some more information about? Within Legal Aid, we've got a great uh, intranet page where there's tons of resources. In terms of actually providing supports to the client, if they live on the Central Coast, they can be referred to our elder abuse service. That's 43245611. It's just a number of the office. If they're outside of the Central Coast, they can be referred to the Ageing and Disability Commission, which runs the Elder Abuse Hotline, and the number is... 1-800-353-374. And wherever that phone is answered, it will direct you to your state-based service. Other things you might want to be thinking about is, uh, you know, common sense stuff, you know, suggesting that the older person connect with their general practitioner. If the disaster has resulted in them like having to need 
increased level of services. You know, you might think about, you know, mentioning to them about the aged care assessment team, ACAT teams, and that starts with a referral from their general practitioner. If a lawyer has some questions, though, about a client, would the elder abuse service be available to provide some advice? Sure. Uh, The elder abuse service consists of me, one other solicitor, and our social worker, and all of us are available. You can ring through our direct lines. Um, If you've got a client sitting in front of you and you want some backup support or you want to talk through an issue, we'd be happy to do that with you. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time, Mary, and uh, we'll see you again. Thanks, Jess.